the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports stance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, he's not retiring anytime soon like all these other guys. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad they're retiring. Gives us something to talk to. <laughs> I like how that's your thought behind it all. That gives <laughs> us something to talk about. Yeah, there's some great careers and some people going out on on a on a, on a not so great game, I guess, if you will. But hey, I guess they got enough money in the bank. Sayonara. They do. Um, real quick, the guy that retired, the old time guard member that retired this week was Jason Witten, the tight end who, for some odd reason, kind of did the Philip Rivers route where he was like, all right, well, I still want to play, but I'm not going to play with the team that I've been with my whole career. I'm just going to play for one year somewhere else. He went to the Vegas Raiders, didn't have a stellar year, but said he gave it his absolute all. And now he hopefully does not come back into the ESPN analyst booth. Well, there you go. Could you imagine, though, you gave up a nice, cushy Monday night football gig that you were terrible at, but making good money, you weren't getting busted in the head, and you were like, you know what, I want to go back for one more year to the Raiders. And then you do, and someone takes your job. Yeah. he. I mean, he came back, he played for the Cowboys. For, he played for two more years. He played one more year with the Cowboys and then still didn't decide to retire. And then he was like, you know what, one more year. With the Raiders. I, I, I don't get it. But that's who we're trying this year. I mean, if, if you're not, I guess a quarterback, you, 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 hopefully you have some protection. But, man, you're getting your brains bashed in if if you're on the line. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to do that. It's 17 years as a tight end. Gronk couldn't even handle it after nine. <laughs> that's CBD oil. Dude. CBD. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to get killed. I don't want that's just too much. No, I don't want to get killed either. And luckily this weekend, only one team got killed. What it Seven. didn't seem like it, it didn't seem like it at first. But the AFC Slow Championship. Out of the gate. Slow at, out of the gate for Patrick Mahomes, but that's their thing. Once, once they get out of the gate, watch out. I, I don't get it. We'll start with that game just because since we we mentioned that first because it's it was the considered blowout. It was 38-24 was the final. The Bills kind of tried to make it interesting at the end. But Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs offense, I mean, to put it in perspective, you had Mahomes who went for 29-38, so under 10 passes missed, 325 yards, three touchdowns, and then most of it, the damage was done by two guys. Tyreek Hill, who had nine catches for 172 yards, and Travis Kelsey, who had 13 catches for 118, plus two touchdowns. They're, they're just machines. They were. And, and you knew it was going to be one or the other on every play. And it was just um, – it, 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 it was a game, I guess. It wasn't a blowout, but it, it, it could have been. It, it was, but it wasn't. It's one of those weird – it was a blowout until the very final, like, four minutes where Buffalo scored and got the onside kick, and it made it seem like it was going to be something. And then it ended poorly with the guys going back and forth with each other, hitting each other, 
the dirty stuff. Yeah. <sighs> but no penalties for almost the whole game, and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, exactly. Un- unsportsmanlike is all it is. But that game, I mean, we'll talk about the Bills quickly. They were the hottest team going at the moment, and then their offense hit a wall. Their biggest issue, which has been their issue all year, but they were able to overcome it with Josh Allen's throwing ability, they have no run game. Josh Allen was their run game with seven carries for 88 yards. Their next That's best scary. was six carries, 17 yards. You can't you can't win games if you can't run the ball at all. Yeah, your football, yeah, your quarterback cannot be a running game. No, and most of those he was dropping back and then had to scramble and scrambled for a run. So it's not like they were designed runs. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't find a target. It wasn't like Cam Newton, oh, this is a design run for him. No, it was all right, I dropped back. I had two seconds to think. Nope, the guy's right on top of me. I have to scramble and run for my life. And he did a hell of a job doing it, but he did. The Chiefs did what they had to do. They stopped Stephon Diggs, and that's that's all they had to do. And I I truly believe they, the Chiefs, I expected more. I mean, I knew what to kind of expect. I knew it was going to just be the Tyreek and Kelsey show. But I I really thought the Bills had a chance and look early on like it was going to be potentially a tight, good game. Bills took that 9-0 early lead and then... Yep. I, I, that's a good sound. I didn't think the Browns were actually going to be the team that looked the best against the Chiefs so far. Well, they say they scored the first 10 points and the last 10 points, so the first nine and the last. Something. It just wasn't good. All I know is Patrick Mahomes, last year and this year, the theme has been, let us get down by a score or more, and then we're just going to obliterate you. Well, I, I guess you can say that if it happens. Yeah, and it, that's all that happens. <laughs> His, his nerve didn't seem to bother him. <laughs> yeah, his neck. Yeah, but... Not at all. No. Is that something teams do just to say, hey, maybe maybe we have a shot and psych out the other team? I guess. But so the Chiefs go back-to-back Super Bowls. They were basically on the verge of being three for three making Super Bowls if it wasn't for the guy involved in the other game, and that was Tom Brady. And the Bucks, who, real quick, by the way, my whole prediction of locking in the Bills did not work. But Paul, yours did locking in the Bucks. Well, both kind of locked in the Bucks, but that was your lock of the week. The Bucks hit. They were the overall outright winners. It was a weird game. It was. It wasn't. It, was. it it wasn't pretty. It was exciting, and it was dumbfounding all at the same time. What do you win? What was it? Three interceptions he threw? He threw three interceptions. Rodgers threw one. (laughs) But, I mean, Tom didn't look – he missed 16. He was 20 of 36, so he was almost 50% only completion. He had three touchdowns, but then three interceptions. They had somewhat of a run game. Fournette had 55 yards, but majority of that came on his 20-yard run. So 11 carries and 35 yards was what he was doing. And outside of Godwin making five catches for 110 yards, they weren't they weren't doing anything offensively that you were like, wow. Nothing stellar. And yeah. and and thank God he has somebody to throw the ball to because I, I think 
he, he's got a lot of weapons. He's got, he's getting time to throw the ball. Um, but they nothing took they, off the page that, oh my God, this is going to be incredible. I mean, first, I guess in the first half, you could say it kind of was maybe because he hadn't thrown any interceptions. He had the last second right before halftime touchdown pass that you were like, oh man, here comes oh. the blowout like last time. Yeah. And instead it was like, all right, are they, are they going to keep the lead? But then fump, the Packers fumbled, they threw interceptions, their defense made dumb plays, then their coach made. Have you ever seen a coach? So I know they go by the stats, they go by what's the percentages say. There is no way you can tell me the percentage said you're down by eight with two minutes and 20 seconds left. Kick a field goal. There's no way. So mistakes across the board. Mistakes across the board. There's no way you can look me in the eyes and tell me that was the right call. Oh, sure it was. <laughs> of course it wasn't. Look, everybody, who was it? Who was in the booth? I swear uh, to God. For that, man. it was Buck and Aikman. There was, a, there was an outright laugh in the booth. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, that makes sense. I mean, because guess what? Even if you kick the field goal, you were still down by a touchdown. You still needed a touchdown to win. You were at you were at goal line. You had, I think, six yards to go. You have Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, on third down, had a wide open path to a touchdown if he just ran the ball, which he normally does. He was hesitant. And seemed kind of gun-shy. Like, I don't think he wanted to be the guy that wept for it and then somehow didn't get it. Can't make I think those throwing decisions. it into traffic somehow made him seem like uh, it's not all, all on me type thing. Yeah, yeah coverage. That, that's, he's, he's beyond that, that's for sure. So if he was gun-shy, wow, that's not good. I mean, it kind of looked like it. He had a wide open – they show it on the highlights. He had a wide open field. He saw it and then decided to look back and throw it across his body into double coverage. It – but again, you still have Aaron Rodgers, who's supposed to be MVP this year, most likely. You have Devontae Adams, who was the number one wide receiver. And you have Tanyan, who was one of the top three receiving tight ends, especially in touchdowns. I think he led tight ends with 11 outside of Kelsey. So you have, you have weapons. You have six yards to go. Worst case scenario, you don't get it. Tampa Bay is now backed up against their goal line. You still have the two-minute mark and your three timeouts. And you your defense just has to make a stand. And when you're backed up against the goal line, it's easier than when you're again at the 25. You have more field to work with and space behind you. How do you how do you not go for it? How do you, how do you look at the coach and go? How are you putting the field goal unit out? What is the purpose? Don't you run up to him as Aaron Rodgers and go? What are you hitting me? The ball. We are going for it. I don't care what you're thinking. We're down by eight. This does nothing to help us. Now I know everybody's like, well, you know, if they made it and then they stopped them and they got the ball back, they score a touchdown, they would win. Have been, would have been the coaching miracle of the year. Yes. But again, you still have to get the ball back with some time to do some sort of work with probably no timeouts left. You're going up against Tom Brady which despite how bad he played in the game where he looked phenomenal, but terrible at other points, he has still been in that position 
multiple times, and he's won nine times in that position. And pull through and pull rabbits out of hats and like nobody else has been able to. So. And you're telling me all he has to do is get 10 yards to essentially lock the game up. I, I don't, I didn't get the move. It made no sense. And it, it led to what Aaron Rodgers said on the Pat McAfee show, which I want to get your thoughts on. He said, I don't think that there's any reason to believe I won't be back in Green Bay next year. Uh, I had the quote. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to think I, why I want to be back. But look, there's not many absolutes in this business. So to make an absolute statement about something that is not an absolute, I didn't do it. And I guess that's why it went kind of nuts because he did on when asked about his future, he said, well, you never know what's going to happen. So that also doesn't clarify anything where he's like, well, there's no absolutes. So it's, of course, led to the rumor mill churning. Where could he end up? Could he end up in New England? Could he go to Detroit? Like, where is he going to go? He's going to stay in Green Bay. He is. And I think they probably, he and the coach probably had it out like nobody's business after the game. Yeah. Boss is out of the barn. The argument does no good, but it could have been that big of an argument that he's saying, hey, you never know if I'll be back. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there are a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot of guys on that team that are free agents, including Aaron Jones, who got hurt, didn't play the second half, but he's been one of the better running backs in the league for the past two, three years. So who knows if he's there? Does that make a difference for them in that game? Probably. But he wasn't. They lost. Brady goes on to Super Bowl number 10. He now has as many NFC championship titles as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers who have both been in the NFC for a much longer time and <laughs> have made that championship many more times. So, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, just incredible football player. I, w- I won't go as far as athlete. He's an incredible quarterback, but as an athlete as a whole, I think he's probably goofy out of anything outside of dropping yeah. back in the pocket and throwing a football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he's in incredible shape for his age. I that think, too. you know, we'd be, uh, we'll be, well, I way past that, but you'll be lucky to be like that. Anybody would be lucky to have that kind of shape. I would be like that in the next two, three years if I really tried. I, with all kinds of pro help, neither one of us will ever look like that. But what, what do you think? He's he, he's in a position where he's a coach on the field. Yeah. The coach is letting him run the game, and he never had that before. Allegedly. He never had that before. He never <laughs> had that before. You're right. <laughs> Bill was like, we're going to run the ball. And Tom's like, no, it, it's like third and ten. We need to throw the ball. We're going to run the ball. <laughs> Your defensive <It's>, coach. <laughs> I, I he, he is an incredible athlete. I think more an incredible football mind. Yes. He reads players like nobody's business. Um, he, and he sees what's coming as and, I've, and deals with it. Yeah. And as I've seen other people talk about, it's more so the culture he brings with him. He brings that air aura of winning. So guys almost take the game, not saying guys don't take the game seriously and are trying to win, but there's something they say that he kind of brings with him that gives everybody else that extra edge and all that. So, I mean, one person quoted was quoted as saying, Tom Brady is the best organization 
in the NFL. And you can make that same exact argument for LeBron James in the NBA. Wherever they go, they help make decisions to get what they need around them to make them and the organization successful. And their approach. I think Tom Brady studies the other team like nobody else and just brings, to your point, brings that aura to the team. Everybody has that same focus. The team's automatically better. Yeah. All right. So now that we've done our little Tom Brady gloating and talked about the two games, we're gonna we're not going to go into the Super Bowl preview just like full on yet. That'll be next week. We will do prop bets. We'll do all that. But real yeah. quick, we'll go quickly into just – one, how excited are you about the matchup? Because you got to imagine, to put it as nicely as I can, the NFL, after that game ended in Kansas City, went from 6 to midnight, knowing that it was going to be Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady and the ratings that they were going to get. They are dancing in the streets. It's the old man against the boy. It's it's baby goat could... versus old goat. Yep. And, 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 you know, they showed the picture of the kid with his father um, on the baseball field. He's six years old when Tom Brady was what? Won his first, first one in 2001. <clears throat> so it's it's fun to think about. Um, a lot of firsts for this Super Bowl. Uh, not the first time these two have seen each other. So not in the Super Bowl. I, right. True. True. So I, I, like, I like the matchup. I like the hype. Hype it all you want because it's all about the commercialism, right? Um, yeah. Which we'll Which, also touch on in a second. Yeah, but I'm bummed. And I think it should be a good game. I, You know who I think is going to win. I don't know if it's going to be anything but a couple of point difference. Max. No, I think it's going to be close. But how about you – you know what? Tease that for next week. Yeah. Just say oh, the team – hey, you know what? The team that wears red might win. <laughs> there you go. And by the way, tune in to hear Greg talk more about his new favorite quarterback. <laughs> Holy God, whoever would have thought. I know, right? Tom, Tom has got Tom has taken my heart and run with it. There but you go. It's a beautiful thing. I got to imagine the NFL is hyped. They I mean fans in general, whether you whether you like them or not, you got to respect what Tom Brady's done. Here's the thing, I I despised him when he was on the Patriots. This is true. But the same way I feel about him was the same way I felt about guys like Derek Jeter. I respect the hell out of what they've done as a player. I just despise the team they've played on and the success they've had while on that team because it's not my team. So therefore, (laughs) I hate them. But I can now realize with Tom going to Tampa Bay, it's a a starving franchise that hasn't been good since they basically last won their last Super Bowl. They've been one of the suckiest franchises in all of sports winning wise. So the fact that he literally came in after they went seven to nine last year and was like, all right, I'm not Jameis Winston. Boom. We're in the Super Bowl. Like one, it shows you the talent they had on the team. Cause they didn't add tons. They added Gronk and he, I mean, it's not like he changed anything really. And halfway through the year, they added Antonio Brown, which yeah, he's, he's had some good games, but he wasn't in the championship game. He hurt, game. He hurt his knee. So it just shows you a decent quarterback can do a world of difference for a team and a franchise. And I think the franchise showed respect for Tom Brady because I'm sure Tom Brady said, I want Gronk and I want Antonio Brown. And oh, they yeah. went and they got Gronk and they went and they got, as opposed to, 
I need somebody to throw the ball to. Okay, let's trade Amendola. Let's tra- let's get rid of everybody. Um, there's this guy. His name is Gunner. He's gonna be now your number one wide receiver, and people are like, "No, I, I don't. I don't like that." <laughs> Sayonara, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, very excited about the whole matchup in general. It should be very good. We touched on you. You said the commercialization of the Super Bowl. The big story with the Super Bowl that we'll talk about this week before, because next week we'll dive in uh, much more into everything. A lot of big companies, Paul, are not going to be partaking in making Super Bowl ads this year. A lot of them are going to instead be donating the money they would spend, which is $5 million per 30 seconds that they would be spending and putting it towards COVID relief and things such as that nature. So it's going to a much better cause than us just watching 30 seconds of Budweiser and going, Cool, bud. Why, sir? What's up? And just those, I mean, they're catchy commercials. They're ones that live in your head, but I can do with a year without them. It's fine. But it's Budweiser, not Bud Light, but it's Budweiser. It's Coke. It's a few other big brands that all Pepsi have Pepsi is just, not doing commercials. Pepsi's doing halftime. They're just, they're all just like not doing any of it. So... I mean, one, it'll be interesting to see the commercials that are on there now, because I feel like we're going to get like the local car guide being like, come on down. And Oh, like, God, please. How, how did he afford that? And they're going to be like, no, listen, we just had to start playing local commercials because not enough people gave us money. <laughs> I, I think it's admirable that those companies are do- doing those donations in name of. I know they do a lot of philanthropic work anyway, but I think it's a right thing to do. I won't miss it. It's fun to watch, but I don't need a TV show about all of the commercials that have ever been on before. And it's fun to watch the commercials, but most of them get leaked ahead of time anyway. So yeah. anyway, I'm, I, I'm not going to be sad about it. Um, you're going to have to tell me who's playing at halftime. Uh, it's the weekend. Okay. So yeah, I'll show my age. I've heard of the weekend, but I know it's a nickname for a guy, isn't it? Yeah, the weekend is just he he's an artist in general. That's just the name he goes by. So he does the song Blinding Lights. He did um I'm not gonna remember half the I'm not gonna remember the names of the songs because I'm not thinking about it. But he had like a bunch of big he's had a bunch of big songs over the past few years. It should be a good halftime show. He's kind of like a more he's like Bruno Mars music, but yeah. more like emo. That makes sense. So it's a little more alternative sounding pop, like so, rock. So he's not Paul McCartney. He's he's not he's not. Uh, Don't worry. If his shirt Halo. gets ripped off and his nipple gets shown, nobody's not nobody's gonna care. <laughs> I just you know, it, he's a big artist. That's all I can tell you. He's not as big as some. Well, no, but for the time and age, he's big now. I guess so. if you're not going to have Budweiser and Coke, you might as well have the weekend. <laughs> We're going to have <laughs> some fun. That was an R. Kelly reference, which I shouldn't make because R. Kelly's not a good person. Anyway, <laughs> even though there's no football this week, Paul, we are going to get a quick message from my bookie before we got, start talking about the MLB Hall of Fame because, well, do I have a lot to say. But here's a quick message from my bookie. <laughs> The NFL might be off this week, but that doesn't matter. The NBA and NHL are still going right on down the stream. They're going every day, every night. We got games from both leagues, at least for the next two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. 
And in the meantime, make sure you check those out and place your bets on my bookie. Go to mybookie.ag. And when you do, use promo code 12 ounce sports. That's one, two, OZ sports, all caps, no spaces. When you go and use that promo code, they're going to match your first deposit up to $1,000. That's right. You heard me. $1,000 matched when you use that promo code. And once again, it is 12 ounce sports, one, two, OZ sports. Make sure you're placing all your best sports bets there. Paul and I don't have any locks for you this week, but don't worry. We'll have some next week. But again, in the meantime, NBA, NHL are hot right now. Get in on it while you can. MyBookie.ag, promo code 12OUNDSPORTS. And always remember, gamble responsibly. That's right, gamble responsibly. And Paul, we, we need to talk about the gamble the MLB writers took by voting nobody in to the Hall of Fame. I know you have some very strong feelings about that. I am uh, enraged. I, I I know that, and I I have my feelings. I'm not as in, I'm not enraged. I'm kind of disgusted. Is more my feeling. Um, do, you want, do you want me to go first, or you want to go first? Yeah, no, I want you to go first. Yeah, and then you're just going to probably say ditto at the end, aren't you? I it, you know <laughs> what I I want you to go first because I know you're fired up, um, and, and in my opinion. I'm going to give one opinion and then you can just go. Okay. Your record and your stats are your record and your stats. One year, second year, I don't care how many years you don't get in. One shot, you're either good or you're not. This bullshit of politics needs to stop. I'll turn it over to you. All right. Well, you're right about that. And basically going off that, the sports writers for the Hall of Fame that get to place their votes, the majority of them have way too much I am God, I get to vote you in or out type power. There were 14 ballots this year handed in with zero people selected. 14. If you were one of those 14 writers who did not decide to vote one person, if you did not decide one person on that list was Hall of Fame worthy, you should have your voting rights revoked because that is ridiculous for the main purpose of, say, fine, whatever. You don't like Barry Bonds, you don't like Kurt Schilling, you don't like Roger Clemens. What about uh, Scott Rowland? What about, uh, I'm trying to think, Omar Vizquel. I was trying to think of the guys towards the top. Billy Wagner. You have all these other guys who, you know what? Even if you don't think your vote's going to get them in, just give the vote. It helps them moving forward because more people are like, oh, okay, they're close. You know what? They are. There's nobody else this year I'm going to vote for. I'll vote for them. And then bing, bang, boom. Look, they're in the Hall of Fame. Guys like Scott Rowland. Yeah, was he major like oh my god this guy is life-changing no but he had a long good career probably good enough that you could put him in the hall of fame especially with other guys that have made it so that's the first thing with the 14 ballots not having any votes second kurt Schilling, 215 wins not like oh my god that's amazing for a pitcher it's not a lot of the pitchers in the hall of fame have 300 wins but kurt Schilling started coming around and the end of his career was towards the time where pitchers aren't going to get 300 wins. There are going to be no pitchers anymore that get the 300-win mark. If they do, my God, they must be the best pitcher of all time because it just doesn't happen. Guys are only going five or six innings now. It's the way the game has changed. Relievers have become a huge thing. More relievers get wins now. So, therefore, pitchers get less, but you have to look at everything they do. He had the strikeout numbers. He has the postseason record. I don't give a shit about what he thinks politically or anything else. 
You got to look at the numbers. You got to look at the facts. The facts say he might be a fringe Hall of Famer, but he's still a Hall of Famer. Doesn't matter. The fact that he was 16 votes shy. So remember that 14 ballot missing number. That means if even if all 14 of them, he would have been two votes shy. And most of it's just probably because of his political stance and his views on the world, which I get, they are crappy. He, I mean, I don't agree with him in any single way. There's a lot of things that he chooses to promote, even though he knows he probably shouldn't. But that's not here, near, neither here or there. It, it's just how he is, but that shouldn't be held against him. Same thing with Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. The thing that strikes me about the two of them not getting in still Take away the whole, we think they did steroids. Mind you, Barry Bonds never tested positive for a PED since they initiated the testing in 2004. He never failed one test. Doesn't mean he didn't take it before, but guess what? Before 2004, they didn't test for it. If you're not testing for it, if you're not making a thing out of it, you're not saying it's not wrong to do. That whole era in the 90s is known as the steroid era. Guess what? If you let one of them in, you need to let all of them in. There's not picking and choosing because there's no way to guarantee that, oh, so-and-so is going to get in. I know for a fact he didn't lose steroids. Do you? Do you know for a fact he never once didn't do steroids and that so-and-so did do steroids? You don't. Unless there's a test that shows he actually did them, then you can't. You can. Ju- you just have your claims. You just have your claims. Even if you can be like, here's a picture of Barry Bonds getting a needle in his butt from 1999. Okay. What was in the needle? We don't know because there was no test to show if he took it or not. Bud Selig initiated it in 2004. Guess what? Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame. Bud Selig didn't care about steroids until 2004. So why should you as a Hall of Fame voter? Barry Bonds had a Hall of Fame career before his alleged steroid use. He was already a Hall of Famer. He already had multiple MVPs, gold gloves, was already one of the better hitters, had over... 300 stolen bases and home runs, like all the numbers he had make him a Hall of Famer. Same with Clemens. Clemens at the very end of his career, it's when he had a rehab from shoulder surgery that he allegedly took his steroids or I think he tested positive, but still, he still had the numbers. He still had his Boston years, his Blue Jay years that he just was a phenomenal pitcher. So I don't get it. And I heard this in a video. Jared Carabas, who does Section 10 podcast on Barstool Sports and the starting nine, some great baseball podcast said this was the year to do it. There was no, there was nobody else on this ballot that you were like, they're definitely getting in. Todd Helton wasn't getting in Scott Rowland. Like I said, they weren't getting in this year. Make this year the asshole class year, put Schilling Clemens and bonds in. Everybody considers them all assholes, but guess what? Make it the class that gets in that that's the class. Those three guys who all should be in and during a pandemic year, it works out because you can choose, you know what? I'm not going to go to the ceremony. I'm not going to watch their speeches and nobody will care, but they deserve to be in. Also, another guy said, Dallas Braden said, let him in. They deserve to be in. There should be no question. Barry Bonds is a hall of famer. Let him in, leave it up to the people when they go visit to decide what to tell their kids or to talk to about other people being like, oh, why is there so much controversy with Barry Bonds? Well, you see X, Y, and Z. Or you'd be like, oh, you know what? I don't know. Look it up when you're older. Like, it's not for the God the God writers who believe they're like all holier than thou to decide. The fans 
multiple people, everybody in the younger generation, every younger writer believes these guys should be in. Put them in, make it right. I don't, I mean, I don't even care that Kurt Schilling said, take me off the ballot next, my final year. I don't well, respect the writers. It's not helping on next year's ballot. No, but still, I mean, you have the veterans committee and that's run by players. So he even said, if the players and the veteran committee believe I'm a hall of famer, cool. I'll respect that decision. He himself says, I don't think I'm a hall of famer, but he said, if you get, if you put me in cool, like I'm, I'm, I'll be happy with that. But that's basically my rant. I just, it's one of those, it's the head scratching thing of, I just don't get it. I get like Manny Ramirez probably never will. He's probably one of the best right-handed hitters ever to play the game, but he just, he had too many incidents with PDs and all that different things throughout oh, his man. career. And Manny being Manny, I mean, should he be in? Again, he's one of those other guys probably should be, but he's just, I mean, I get, he, I understand more, but Bonds and Clemens, more than anybody, should be in. Like, those are two I will die on the hill if nobody else wants to join me. Those guys deserve to be in. I don't care, honestly, what they did, because it stays by the fact of, if everybody was doing steroids, how come only these X, Y, and Z guys had Hall of Fame type numbers? It had to be something else. It had to be something called talent and skill <laughs> to still oh. make them apparently work better for them than anybody else. The writers are playing judge and jury. Um, they're it's record- the old writers too. That's the thing that's driving me nuts. It's the old guys. They think they're doing something. They think they're protecting the hall. They're yeah. not. I I get it. They did what they did. But to your point, they had Hall of Fame careers long before any of that was an issue. Move past it. And just if they have in the back of their head, I'm making them wait till the last year they can be on the ballot, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be able to vote. No. Because it isn't about that. It's about the record. And and take their voting rights away. I don't know, how, you know. The, the fact that 14 writers cast it no vote is what sent me over the edge yesterday, I think, more than anything. Because not only that, there's there should be no year in a Hall of Fame that you don't have one single person inducted into that hall. Like football, hockey, none of them should go one year without it. Because then it kind of looks like you're just kind of dicks. Well... If the shoe fits, and it does. It does. I mean, they have de- they did this once before in 2013. So I, I just don't get it. Like, I know last year there was two guys. It was Todd Walker and Derek Jeter were the only two that made it. But at least you still got two. Like, I don't care if the draft class is small. I don't care if it's one guy. Well, I'm glad the writers haven't made a mistake in their lives. Yeah. Like, I just I don't get what the writers are thinking making these votes. And that somehow these guys, you you can't look past the history of the alleged. And even if whatever, if it was true, like I don't care that Barry Bonds all of a sudden gained 50 pounds one off season. There was nothing in the rules that said he couldn't. Yep. If you're not going to put the rule in place, people are going to always find a way to try to make themselves better. And I, I you can't really argue with it. 
it's really kind of if you start yeah. on a typewriter as one of those writers you should still be using a typewriter then if that's the case well i think i think it just devalues the entire process when somebody thinks they're judge and jury and and they're punishing somebody yeah it, it drives me nuts but enough enough about the hall of fame because i'm pretty sure i just went on like a 10 minute solid rant and deservedly so i don't and know if i took a breath hey i watched a sport a local sportscaster do the same thing and the question from the newscaster was, well, sh should anybody have been voted in? And he listed the same three people you're talking about. So it's, yeah. it, it's, it's out there. And I don't know, like maybe I said, the one, like the guy said, label it the asshole class. Like if that's what you have to do, doesn't, if that's how you can wrap your head around it and make yourself feel better about it, just do that. Be like, yeah, we voted these three, three guys in, but guess what? They are complete a-holes that we all hate. We're gonna make a special section for them. Guess what? Still in the hall there. Like still in, should be in, type thing. All right, enough of that. Now for some positive news. Now for something completely different. Now for something completely different. We're gonna to turn to the NBA, where we have the nice heartwarming story of the James Harden trade saved a life, which is not something. It didn't save his life. I mean, like he's he's happier. But in general, you at least now have a positive story where it's Chris, uh, never I say his last name right, Levert, I think that's how you say it, who was traded to the Pacers in this whole situation. When he got his physical, they noticed a mass on his kidney. He had carcinoma on his kidney. He had it removed. He's going to make a full recovery. That is a nice find because had he not been traded, you don't go to the doctor and it gets away from you. Well, that's what he said. He goes, you know, I would never have known I had this. I felt I've been playing. I feel fine. There's nothing that I feel like I'm affected in any sort of way. And he has a history in his family, I think, of cancer issues. So he's like, I know there was always like kind of like a chance that I could get it. So the fact they found this, they were able to remove it. I don't think he has to go through any sort of treatments for it. I mean, obviously, he'll have to get checked probably every few months to make sure it doesn't grow back all that stuff but expected to make a full recovery so i guess good job james harden for forcing a trade you saved a life in a roundabout way yeah <laughs> so well, hey, good news for him and they got it and full recovery perfect yes it's good to have something positive come out of a yes it is a trade with it you weren't necessarily looking forward to. Yeah. Now back to some, you know, oh, fine and dandy type stuff. We're going to talk a little hockey because really NBA, we're, still, we're in the thick of things. LeBron James should be MVP. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Shaq are having fun tiffs against each other. All that good stuff. But we're going to go to the NHL, not really the NHL, but the National Women's Hockey League, Paul, which I'm not going to lie, didn't really know was a thing. Like, don't shoot the messenger. I know there's women's hockey leagues, but I didn't know like the titles of them is what I should say. But so yesterday, all hell broke loose when the CEO of Barstool, Erica Nardini, had some video posted where she kind of like took some credit for the increasing popularity of the National Women's Hockey League because she has been a big supporter of them, like giving interviews to women in the league talking about like go watch it type stuff basically free ads 
for the league. And yes, Barstool is a history, and that's kind of what set this off. But it set off a chain reaction of journalists and people just completely going again down the whole despise Barstool Road, don't like what they stand for, this and that, basically saying the CEO is like a devil, and all she did was try to promote a league. And there's way more about it. Like she posted a video that they didn't like because after everybody attacked her, she posted a video of the journalist who attacked her basically like saying, you're not going to get to me. And people were like, Oh, that was not a great move to like, just bash these people. They're now going to get targeted. And she was like, yeah, but you can still, it's on social media. You can see who it is. It's like just me trying to fight back against them. And so instead what she decided to do and Barstool decided to do was start their own women's hockey league as of this morning called the Nardini hockey league or women's hockey league. So just quick thoughts of hearing that. Cause I know you probably didn't follow it like I did, but just the fact that she basically got attacked for trying to say, I, I think I may have helped with the popularity, which most mostly it seems like she did. What? I, I'm not understanding why they would have a problem with her. So the saying. issue is, the issue is more so the history of Barstool is there's some misogyny, some sexism, things like that. And granted, I have watched and seen things from Barstool basically since I was in end of high school, early college. And yes, when I first found out what Barstool was, that was 100% true. Like, it was basically, hey, how do we get college guys and guys in like their mid-30s and 40s to come check out our site and our product? And it was, what sells the best, Paul? What is the best selling thing to get men's attention? Scantily clad women. All right. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say beer and alcohol, but I guess you can't advertise that it. That too with women. <laughs> so <laughs> those three things kind of all blended into the bar stool, what it was, what it became in the early onsets that really kind of got their fan base, the diehards and people that really kind of followed and bought into the whole idea of what Barstool was. As it has grown though, they've expanded. They now have tons of female employees, which at the beginning they had none because there was like a five person operation of a blog and you don't really think, okay, well, five people are blogging. That's all you need. But now they've grown their CEO, like we said, is a woman, which she runs one of the most successful media industries companies now in all the country. They're doing great things for ALS. They do the Barstool Fund, which has raised millions upon millions of dollars for small businesses while they wait for government stuff to you know help out. So they do all these positive things now. And yes, they still have their certain times where they're not the best. And it's mainly all from Dave Portnoy and People kind of, it's kind of his shtick also. So people expect it. But overall, they've gotten better as the years have gone on. They've changed with the times. So the fact that they are all still harping on this one back end half of the beginning times for a CEO who has done a lot to change the view of the company and has supported women's sports, women everything since kind of taking over as CEO is dumbfounding. So they took it out on her for past issues. Aggressions of other people part of the company. 
They didn't want to be associated with the name. A lot of places don't mind being associated with them now when they're helping them make millions of dollars or promoting their brands. It's, it's, I think it's a loss for the Women's Hockey League, World Hockey League, or whatever that league was. And I don't, I'm not sure how successful her new league will be, but God love her for giving it a try. Well, not only that, like, essentially, I don't even know if they care if it's successful or not, if it kind of takes a shot at the other one. And it's like, hey, sure it look, at, look what we did. Um, we can do it just as well type thing. But yeah, it, it's a weird situation. I, I get both sides of it, I guess, but it's just hard to see why so much came down on her head for past issues associated with the brand. But clearly, you don't get the churning group involved in your company if they believe what your past is, is an issue. It, they've made tons of money. They have top podcasts in all realms of the podcasting world which is very hard to do so it's it's like okay you really want to take away the publicity to help your league grow good or bad publicity guess what publicity is always good and by the way the only people that lose out are the women's hockey players the women hockey players in that league because and a bunch came out in support of her being like, she has done so much for us. Like, what is wrong with you? There are ones that have come up being like, yeah, no, we don't want to be associated with them. But again, it's from other people, not her specific. Too bad. It it's is. unfortunate. It, it, it's something that took on a life of its own and everybody should have just let it be. Yeah. I Doing something good to right the wrongs of the past or just moving forward. Yeah. And it doesn't make much sense, but they can have what they want. I don't think the attacks on her were necessary. And then to also then get mad at her for kind of attacking back also seemed unnecessary. Like she was kind of, it seemed like she was in a no win situation where she's like, well, if I say something, they're going to be mad. If I don't say something, they're still just going to be mad. So like, I'm going to say something and then also start my own league because I have what you call in the world, fuck you money. There you go. So when you have that, (laughs) do what you want. One day, Paul, maybe, maybe we'll have that money. I think she stoked the fire and maybe she could have been silent. Maybe. Now it doesn't matter. That's, that's not the brand. (laughs) No, I know. I know. But I mean, otherwise, I mean, they're doing a lot of good lately, especially with the Barstool Fund. That thing has taken off like GameStop stock. (laughs) But I'm bummed. Hey, or wait, let me look that up on my BlackBerry. (laughs) Maybe Nokia or why don't we check out the AMC theater while we do it? Oh, yeah. We'll we'll buy some tickets. Hopefully we don't get suspended before then. (laughs) All right. Last thing to cover, Paul. It's our random just question of the week. Thought about it before the show, because you know me. Do a lot. Yep. I put a lot of thought into this. If there were one carnival or like theme, like park game, like how they have like the three point basketball shots or the ring toss or the throw at the milk cans, 
if there was one of those that you could be an expert in that you would just wipe out the whole thing when you played all the game, all the prizes, what game would that be and why? So I've given this a lot of thought. Since the beginning of the show, I know. Since the beginning of the show, since moments before the show began. And I am pretty adamant that when you see that trailer sideways and they open up the lid and there's, you know, you win and you, and you, and you kill yourself, spend about $85 to win this game one time and they hand you a comb. <laughs> that's not so much fun. No. But favorite one is it's always in the middle of the, of the fairground and it looks like a gazebo and it's the bottles and you have to toss the ring. That's about an eighth of an inch bigger than the top of the bottle. And you have to get it on the bottle and all the prizes of those great big stuffed animals. Yeah. And you see that poor bugger that whose kid wins it that has to carry it around the carnival all day. But I want to be like that. How does that kid win it though? That is the like the hardest game I feel like there is at the carnival. I, I have I seen people I have seen people literally throw like handfuls at the bottles and not one, not one has hit. So it doesn't make sense. A dollar a ring or whatever it is. And have you ever touched one of those stuffed animals? It's not like a gunned bear. We're talking, it's a step up from barbed wire. They're awful. And they're stuffed with God knows what from God knows where. I'm sure they're imported, just saying, from someplace that we don't want to talk about. I, I have a I have a fish that I got from when I took your grandson when he was first born to a carnival and he was like two months old. They're like, win a prize for the baby. I was like, I'm, I'm not spending any money. He doesn't know what a prize is. They're like, Give us a dollar and we guarantee you win no matter what. <laughs> Did you get a comb? I got a stuffed fish. And is it really soft and he can't live without it? No, I don't. He, I mean, he plays with it, but it's not like he's also two now. So, <laughs> so I, I see these giant, I don't know, dogs that look like giraffes. I think they just put a different nose or tail on to get a different animal. Ginormous animals. I want to be good at that because I want to wipe them out of the animals and put them out of business because. I just think the whole concept is is gross. Come on over and win a prize. Here's your comb. And it only has four teeth. Like the yeah, carny. Exactly. No, that, that is a good one. That was definitely one of the ones I thought about. But assuming that you were probably going to go with that, because that's like the classic carnival game, I was left between trying to figure out if I'd rather be really good at the basketball shot that it's like feels like 40 feet away, but it's super high and has the long neck coming all the way down it. And nobody seems to ever be able to make a basket because I'm definitely sure the rim is smaller than the ball. But there's also <laughs> one other game that I've never figured out how nobody really wins. At, and it's the one where you stand and you have to toss the ball basically from like three feet away into that basket that's angled. Yeah. Nobody ever wins that. Like ever. The ball goes in and somehow always hits something and it flies out. And the guy... And you're literally, like, placing it in. Puts a spin on it, and the ball just sits right in there. Yeah, but they're, like... And they're, and they're always, like, oh, no, you can get close to the line. And, like, your reach hanging over, like, basically your hands in the basket. They're, like, yeah, no, you can throw it right from there. And you throw it with, like, it rolls off your hand, and it still bounces out. And you're, like, all right, what the fuck? <laughs> He's got a little pedal. He steps on it, blows air, and it blows it out of the basket. I feel like I want to be the guy that can, like, stand from, like, 10 feet back and just, like, lob it over my back, and it just drops in and doesn't move 
And then they just be like, what? No, that's not. No, pretty sure that's not what's supposed to happen. I'll take $30 worth of balls and you start doing three pointers for 35 feet out. Like going backwards behind the legs, like off a guy's head. And it's just like, how'd, how'd you even do that? How'd you know that guy was going to be there? It didn't. They send the bearded lady out after you and chase you away. But if I, I will say, if I was a carnival person and I had to run one of those games, I would definitely be the guy that had to guess height and weight and age. I'd love to be perfect at that. How? I don't know how they do it, but a lot of them get really close. You want to guess? One, you want to guess one weight? Yeah, because then they don't win the prize. <laughs> <laughs> but I also want them to be like, how did how did you know that? And be like, and you're wearing a pair of black underwear. And they'd be like, how do you know that? And be like, because you just told me with your eyes. No, not your way, because that boardwalk on the way over to this scale is a scale. And somebody out back whispered in my ear and said, this cow weighs no, but, 397 pounds. No, but it's they also the, got the age. That's what I never have gotten. Is this the giant pumpkin contest? <laughs> That's not nice. I actually have won twice at that only because I am one of those people that my weight is deceptive because they have to get within like 10 pounds or so and they always go much lower which I guess I should take as a compliment but my you body should. the way my body conforms to me I appear much thinner than I am okay <laughs> on, this, on the scale if that makes sense. I, my the scale number is much different than what my body appears. That's what it is. My bones are dense. I have I have good bone density. I have, I have good bone structure. I drank a lot of milk as a child. Yep. But all right, Paul. I think that's going to wrap it up though. Next week we'll have our Super Bowl preview. We'll do the props and all that. Yeah, we'll have some talk. Some talking. By then the hype will be off off the hook. Especially because there's no media. There's no Radio Row. It's weird. They're going to have to start now talking about all the records John Brady has. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. Kansas City's not flying in until the day before. I think maybe that's a good idea. What? No, I think that's like Tampa's like Tampa's rule, like the city. You can only – I think the early you can get there is like two days before or something like that. So, well, but anyway, Paul – by the way, if you enjoyed listening to us and our rants and raves and stances and just talking about carnivals and carnies, make sure you like and subscribe to us at Sports Stance. By the way, Paul, my Twitter handle has changed. There is no more underscore. Okay. I got now it's just at Sports Stance with the two S's in the middle. Okay. And what is yours? Oh, God, I knew you were going to ask me. You tell the crowd what mine is. Oh, man. You got to remember to take your memory pills. It's Sidekick Paul eighty three. There you go. There you go. On Twitter, Paul actually tweets. I'm, uh, this is not a joke. Check it out. I do. <laughs> I only when I have a strong feeling. Only when you have a strong feeling. I just want to see like one word tweets now, where it's like, "Dang!" and you're like, "What? What is he saying? Dang about? What is he saying? Dang about? <laughs> Dad Gummit? What is? What is he talking about? Anyway, but make sure you like, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Make sure you check out 12 Ounce Sports. In general, go to 12 networkcom You can also just check out all the great shows through finding them on 12 Ounce Sports on Twitter to check out all the live shows like Pete's Power Plays, Mike Said Up First, The Burn with Mitch, Captain Lou's Extravaganza. We have 
the week at week roundup with the janitor on Fridays back with Beck. So we just have a lot of stuff coming. The World Hockey Report, just a ton of shows. Like there's just way too many to list at the end of the show because that just it would just be a list that just keeps going on and on. But a lot of great talent at 12 on Sports, just like us. We appreciate them always having us be a part of them. Again, Paul, I appreciate you being a part of the show. Glad to be here. I was waiting to see if tears came down your face. They did not. That was not how I intended that to work, man. All right. We're going to wrap this up. We will see you all next week. Have a good one. We're out. The Sports Sports Dance.